All right. Look what his homeboy did to the side of your head. What you talking about, kid? This, he ain't fading nothing over here, though. Don't ask whooping, man. They still want. How you figure <clears> that, <throat> man? Look around you, man. They own this shit. They on this couch you sitting on. Them shoes you got on your feet. This building. This school. This country. You. Behind enemy lines, dog. One beat down and never compared to 439 years of captivity. Never. I don't know shit. Freshman. Cooling at a party. No better yet disco. to engage with these topics in a manner that is sensitive and considerate to you, our listeners, and your lived experiences. However, we understand that some of these subjects can pack a punch, so we strongly support whatever you need to do to take care of yourself as an audience member, whether that be pouring yourself a glass of wine before pressing play, listening to our show with a warm, furry animal in your lap, or even turning off today's show and doing whatever brings you peace and joy and intellectual detox before tuning in next week. We welcome all feedback and comments related to our show, including requests for future topics you would like to hear us cover, or suggestions for ways we can improve our handling of emotionally and psychologically heavy material. You are listening to Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. They're on this couch you're sitting on. This show. Them shoes you got on your feet. It's brought to you. This building. By the fuck. This school. This country. You. That Father Teresa does not give. <clears throat> All right. WineCellarMedia.com. <clears throat> William J. Jackson here at the front end of the episode. Phoenix Kaliter joining in due time. So, let's take a glancey poo on over here. We got some stuff, some whatnot and what have you. Um, white on white crime showing up a little bit late. And there's uh, one of the homies there tuned in on the face booze. Uh, kind of Orlando versus Michigan. Michigan has a bit of the upper hand here. Get that thing from plugging and unplugging there. Yeah, so um, 
25th uh, person from Florida arrested for being involved in them Batgum Capitol riots. All right. And out there in Michigan, a feller got arrested for threatening to shoot up some folks, some governmental folks. <clears throat> Another Michigan individual, pure Michigan, I call it, uh, told the governor that he's watching her every move. So we'll see what this um, attempted NSA man is into. A Another Michigan man was caught with um, a narcotic, as it were, and used a fake name, and guess why he still got arrested? Um, <clears throat> and over here in the, uh, the right-wingosphere, the uh, southern Christian right-wingosphere, uh, there's an individual that calls himself an apostle, and um, he says that God is raising up a violent church. Interesting things happening down in Tennessee. And, of course, we have an update from the People's Library, ABQ, uh, Rising Waters with, uh, with Climate Change. Uh, a, um, a breakdown from Jim Hightower with the Hightower Lowdown. Uh, a video released by the Cleveland Police Department. <laughs> what could possibly be in that? And uh, Barbara Roper makes her way into the corporate crime report. All right, it's white on white crime. We do comedy. It's still serious. Real shit is happening. All right, and um, also sea level rise affecting Fire Island. And there's a four-minute news update regarding that. And, of course, uh, more sea level rise, rising waters. Just a quick sea level rise explainer for those that may be new to it. And also, uh, New York City and the subway flooding... Is this going to just be the new normal? All right. Annual, regular, new normal. All right. So let's take it all the way up at the gosh darn top. <clears throat> Orlando man, <laughs> Florida man, becomes the 25th Central Florida arrest connected to the Capitol riots. Robert Fairchild, 40 years old. Two years older than me, same age as my wife, 40. This white man has been on the planet for four decades, and it led up to this. I, I wonder what he's going to do with the next four decades if he gets to see them. I hope he chooses to be a little more constructive. But for now, he's facing multiple federal charges. So, meanwhile in Florida, an Orlando man... Uh, Robert Flint Fairchild, a U.S. military veteran, was arrested by Federal Bureau of Investigation agents on Friday morning. He's charged with nine counts of being a goofy prick, which include entering a restricted building, violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, being a jack-knuckled fuckstick that doesn't know how to behave himself, assaulting and resisting officers, civil disorder, and obstructing an official proceeding. The charges stem from January 6th, when him and hundreds of other shitmongering ass ranchers stormed the U.S. Capitol building 
interrupting a joint session of Congress where lawmakers convened to certify the election in a way that didn't sit right with Alex Jones fans. According to documents obtained by New Six investigators, claim a man resembling Mr. Fairchild was seen on Capitol Police body-worn cameras moving barriers along with the West Plaza. There you go. Look at that. Police body cams working and doing their job. Uh, They said he was eventually seen moving them toward Capitol Police officers. So he was moving these um, barriers. Okay, and I'll go ahead and do a screen share real quick here just to show the type of barriers he was moving. They're these big-ass... I don't think they're iron. They're probably some sort of hefty, hefty fucking steel. Whoopsie doodle there. All right, for the folks looking at the uh, Face Booze Live Vidya, uh, those are the barriers that he was moving right there. This guy's a little wicked. Bit of a misbehaved young man, as it were. So... They say he's uh, seen moving them toward capital policy overseers, police officers. Uh, they claimed video images inside the Capitol show Mr. Fairchild walking around the Senate wing hallway. Investigators said Fairchild's brother-in-law, who is a deputy in Georgia, identified him as a wanted image on the FBI's Capitol riot base. Oh, shit. Wait, but his so his brother is a blue life. You see, this white white people like we call you bootlickers with love. Stop being a fucking bootlicker. All right, your brother chose to be a blue life and left you to be white. Especially if you're a working class white person, white supremacy isn't really all the way for you. It's kind of a caste system, bit of a pyramid scheme of the whole capitalism thing. All right, so his blue life brother uh, turned his ass in. And um, during his uh, initial appearance before a federal magistrate on Friday, few details of the allegations against Mr. Fairchild were revealed by prosecutors. Mr. Fairchild was ordered to be released from custody without bond. He was also ordered to surrender his firearm remain in Central Florida or Washington, D.C. for court hearings and consent to a mental evaluation. If convicted of all charges against him, he faces a maximum of 34 years in prison and $855,000 in fines. Mr. Fairchild, you need to learn how to behave yourself. All right. Let's go take a little dance on over here to Pier, Michigan. Folks get excited about what's happening here. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get Young Lay happening here. All right. Coming off of uh, WXYZ Detroit. All right. ABC 7 Station. A northern Michigan man was arrested for allegedly threatening to shoot up the unemployment office. Okay. That's one where instantly I see the headline while I'm doing show prep. And, you know, my black ass is like, oh, he's just trying to, he, he nigga hunting. He's, he's talking about doing a little nigga hunting here. Shoot up the unemployment office. Like, that damn near sounds like a, like a Rush Limbaugh punchline. All right. 
So, this northern Michigan feller, he done got himself arrested and charged for allegedly threatening to shoot up the Michigan Unemployment Insurance Agency office. Now, according to the Michigan State Police fellers, a voicemail done got left on the governor's constituent services office from the man and said he was unhappy with Governor Whitmer over the pandemic. I'm telling you, I, I lived in Florida for 12 years. I, um, I met the person that I'm currently married to and they lived in Illinois. I moved to Illinois, we got married, it was cool. It was like, hey, I'm out of Florida. I no longer have the chance of myself becoming some sort of Florida man-related story. Fantastic. And then we go, we're like, ah, let's find a place to, uh, you know, get a crib somewhere that we want to just be old, you know, spend the next couple decades and wrap this thing up together. And we land in Michigan. I'm thinking, hey, not too far from Illinois, it's the Midwest, it's all right. There's something about when you're crossing that state line, as soon as you see the the signage that reads pure Michigan, you know you've stepped into something. And I swear this is Florida with a snow season. There are some interesting characters out here. All right. And for the folks that are following on the Facebook, uh, you might want to join this group. It's some called, excuse me, sir. May I have a glass of your finest pure Michigan? And it's outstanding. I made a contribution to that group. It was my neighbor's rooster walking to the liquor store. It's fun stuff. All right. So, the police fellers, they say after outlining the complaints, he indicated he planned to load his guns, drive to the Capitol, and kill everyone he could find in the um, unemployment office. He said if he didn't get the money he felt he was owed, he would travel to Lansing and, quote, start shooting end quote now again when i saw the headline i thought oh racist rush limbaugh shit oh no 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 <laughs> the white man came to get his check he ain't got no job the moratorium is ending he came to get his fucking check <laughs> you better watch out <clears throat> so now um according to the police fellers he identified himself in the message and then <laughs> so so this is like a 50 cent song. Like, tell him I said it. He identified himself in the message and then made a second message. This is like when niggas release a diss track on the album and then drop another diss on the mixtape. He fucking made a second message where he, where he once again threatened to shoot up the unemployment office and then himself. He was identified as 57-year-old Douglas Melrose. He was arrested and arraigned on Monday on the charge of making a terrorist threat. Because he wanted his check. I'm gonna give him his fucking check for he fucked some shit up. He come down here and pizzagate y'all niggas. All right. We're staying in Michigan. We're constructive. White on white crime. It's uh, not Wednesday, but we're doing white on white crime. Phoenix Kalita will show up later. It's 5.23 p.m. Eastern time right now. And she should be showing up towards 6 p.m. So, we're still in Michigan. And a man told Governor Whitmer he is watching her every step 
and is arrested for alleged threats. This article up on uh, August 23rd on uh, MLive.com, very popular website, and the, uh, the journalist here is Gus Burns. A Metro Detroit feller, he also done got himself arrested, but he got released on bond as well. After investigators say he sent threatening messages to Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer on multiple occasions, the state attorney um, uh, Dana Nessel, uh, state attorney's office of uh, Dana Nessel, delivers this information on Kevin Daw, D A W E, a 31 year old individual of Clarkston, is accused of sending the threats in January and March. Again, they put a diss track on the album, drop another Hot 16 on the mixtape. That's how you do it. All right. And he's accused of sending threats in January and March using the state's contact the governor webpage. All right. Well, he's sending them through the proper channels. Like on some level, he's trying to, he's not MGTOW. He's not a man going his own way about this. (laughs) All right. uh, Quote. You fucked with everyday hardworking Americans. We fuck with you, end quote, uh, from Kevin Daw. And that was a portion of one of the messages shared by Nestle's office. Mr. Daw turned himself into a Metro Detroit State Police post on Thursday and is charged in Eaton County District Court with two counts of malicious use of telecommunication services, both misdemeanors uh, publish, uh, punishable by up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine, sir. You can't go around saying that kind of shit. Uh, it continues for some reason. And, oh, well, they, uh, they continue with related stories. Uh, so this arrest comes amid a surge of anti-government arrests in Michigan, including the detention of uh, 14 men with militia ties who are accused of plotting to kidnap Governor Whitmer. Now, that one right there, I've made a lot of jokes about that one, and um, I still haven't read the follow-ups, and that's why I stopped cracking jokes about that one because there's uh, something about like what they tend to do with... Um, with non-white terrorists, where the uh, where the FBI or the police fellers they go and get involved on the undercover scheme, and then get niggas to agree that this is a good idea to do, and then arrest them on conspiracy to do it. And so I quit cracking my jokes on that until I do my due dilly and read about that. And also, if it's still funny, I'm still gonna crack jokes on that. This is still the wine cellar. <clears throat> All right. And so now, let's turn ourselves over to a message from the folks over at the People's Library ABQ. All right, they have a socialist library system. I think they're neat. I think they're fun. I think they're dope, and I think they're constructive. All right, they're providing a free library source for folks online. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and check this out, and I will swing it back, bring it back just like this. Hi, I'm Brittany. A lot of my friends call me Pia, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the People's Library ABQ. For as long as I can remember, I have loved books. Books gave me an opportunity to escape the harsh circumstances of my early life and gave me a belief in change and an unyielding belief that change is possible. As a child, I yearned to become a librarian. 
but classist and ableist hurdles prevented me from getting the necessary degrees to work in a state or academically sanctioned library. So I made my own. I've long dreamed of having a mobile activist library, especially after I was part of a group that brought the Carter Johnson Leather Library to Albuquerque. I got up close and personal interactions with Guy Johnson about the roots of her library. And in the early fall of 2020, I stumbled onto PM Press and AP Press, two amazing anarchist publishers. So I signed up for their monthly subscription. Once I had seven books in hand, I wondered, how can I share these books with my friends? So I harnessed my love for Excel and built a spreadsheet and posted it on Facebook, telling my friends that I had some books to lend. They started borrowing a book here or there. Soon, comrades wanted to donate books. I took the donations and curated a small lending library. Every month, more books from PM Press and AK Press came in, and when I was financially able to, I ordered additional books based on what my community needed to be stronger on. Steadily, more comrades donated books, and one comrade donated over 100 ebooks. The collection grew, the spreadsheet grew. Eventually, we filled up our first bookcase, and another comrade recommended that I start a Facebook page to share the project with a wider audience. Every month, as I order books to the library, I take requests for books and I listen to my community about topics we need to be stronger on. For example, I work with a harm reduction collective, and part of that is a transformative justice and accountability work group. So I've been ordering a lot of books about transformative justice and accountability so that activists and organizers can carve out a more meaningful place where people aren't disposable. One of my goals is to create not just a contemporary lending library, but an historic representation of anarchism through the ages. And to that end, I both buy books about our history as anarchists and organizers. We received a huge donation of zines dating back to 1997, and those are available for checkout as well. I want people from the seasoned organizer to the newly radicalized and the nascently curious to know that we have never been alone in our fight for a better future, a future free from hierarchy, capitalism, white supremacy, and silver colonialism. As of this moment, we have more than 550 books or pieces of media that are available for checkout, including CDs, DVDs, zines, ebooks, and physical books. As soon as the book has been cataloged, it's available for checkout. I do COVID safe, no contact, mass door drops to any address in the Albuquerque metro area within 24 hours of being requested and ebooks can be checked out at any point by anyone, anywhere, just by requesting the download link. Our operating costs are about $300 a month and many, many hours of labor. To date, I've covered most costs and have been surprised with generous donations of cash and books. Most recently, I started a Patreon to help offset costs. The library has been a labor of love, and in sticking with our anarchist principles, I've opted to not apply for 501c3 status or to apply for any federal grants. Not that a project like this would get any federal funds even if we wanted them. We keep the library running based on my ability to pay and the support of the community. Without that support, we wouldn't be able to continue operating or to grow. I'm a low-income working mom, but I do have the financial privilege to afford a few books a month. And that's one of the reasons I believe vehemently in this project. So many people don't have financial access to books, or their local library doesn't stock these kinds of books, or they don't know where to find the information that they seek. The driving belief behind the People's Library is that political education and history makes for stronger praxis. Knowing where we've been helps shape where we're going and what we are creating. Anarchism is both creative and disruptive, in that we tear down what is old and harmful and build something new and beautiful. So I don't have all the answers about how to build something new, 
but I do know that what we have right now is trash and that we can do better. So I started the library to ask and answer those questions. Where have we been? Where are we going? And how do we get there? Thank you for sharing space with me today. And thank you, William and Phoenix, for hosting this video. Let's keep moving, growing, and building together. If you'd like to support us monthly, sign up at patreon.com slash the People's Library ABQ or make a one-time donation via Cash App or Venmo at the People's Library ABQ. And that that went way up there. There we are, neighborly neighbor. That was a wild decibel shift at the 24-minute mark. I should note that. <laughs> All right, and there's Sam Sam over in the joint. There's uh, Thor over in the joint. There's Tally Loco. There's Amanda Loco. There's Christopher Loco. Jesus. Oh, you know, I did go live from the White on White crime page, so it probably is a little different coming off of that page. All right, so let's get right back into the funk. Uh, we are about 20 minutes from Phoenix Kaliter joining in on this whole gosh darn thing let's flip it back rip it back right on over to the white on white crime where we are supposed to be <clears throat> michigan still still michigan now sometimes you get arrested for what you're doing sometimes if you can be whiter than the other white man you can get arrested for what somebody else done gone and did and for what you're doing. It, like, the white man is, is does the double shift. I don't know if you knew that. That's, that's how you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. All right, so we're over here on uh, clickondetroit.com. I like these folks. And um, a Michigan man caught with meth uses a fake name and is arrested anyway. The state police fellers say that this here man, he had himself about 27 grams of meth inside his pants, which is where you should, that's where you should keep your meth if, if, if you talk to the pros. All right, so we're in a Clam Lake Township. Sounds like a misogynistic joke. A uh, Michigan man who was uh, caught with methamphetamine gave the police a fake name, but the person whose name he used had active felony warrants, so he was arrested anyway, according to officials. So the Michigan State Police Troopers, well, they were out there and they noticed a vehicular with its lights off parked on the shoulder of the M55 near Taylor Lane in Clam Lake Township around 6.30 in the a.m. And this was back in March. The 29-year-old uh, uh, Cadillac individual uh, from from the town of Cadillac. Not that that's like their name or an affiliation. It just, Michigan has some interesting town names. Like I'm out here in Grand Rapids, but like up the block is another place called Big Rapids. I don't know why they're doing that. There's another area literally called Westside Connection. And li I shit you not, my West Coast head's out there. In the Westside Connection area, there's literally a Crippen Street. I wanted so bad to find a house with a good mortgage rate on Crippen Street. I did not. I really like to live in Westside Connection. I'm that committed to comedy and hip hop. All right, but back to this individual with the methamphetamines. Um, uh, they were in the driver's seat and a 30-year-old uh, Lawton man 
was in the front passenger seat, all right, while the woman was in the driver's seat. When the troopers activated their lights, the man ducked down in the passenger seat, officials said. He gave them a fake name when they spoke with him, according to authorities. The fake name the man used belonged to someone who had an active warrant out for his arrest, so they took him on into custody. During the arrest, the troopers found about 27 grams of meth inside the man's pants. Now, they don't, like, I'm black, and I've been stopped by the pigs a lot. They don't always search you when they stop you. Sometimes they just fucking run your ID and you move on. And, like, and like this individual may have just been able to just run that ID. You know, they flip it in the computer back there. They're like, oh, you ain't got shit on you. Whoop, 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 and you bounce. And he could have had all the meth he wanted in his pants for the rest of that evening. Just pants and meth, meth and pants. Whatever you got to do. M-E-T-H-O-D, pants. All right? But you lied. (laughs) And you lied in the worst way. Like, I wonder if he just made up a name and just had the worst roll of the dice ever. Or if he gave the name of someone he knew... Which may have also been a bad idea no matter what. Oh, Jesus. Sam Sam in the archive chat space. Yes, genius move by Mr. Meth. God damn. Do you know the Methin Man? The Methin Man? The Methin Man? Do you know the Methin Man? Because he's pure Michigan. Ah. So, um... (laughs) Several pop cans and lottery tickets were found on the ground outside the vehicular, the police said. The Lawton man was taken to Wexford County Jail. During processing, authorities said they discovered the man had smuggled more drugs into the jail. God damn! This nigga had extra meth. You know what? That, that's kind of like being a prepper, though, when you think about it. You never know when you're going to need extra meth sometimes like i don't i don't know what what that's like like maybe you gotta have meth for the next holiday season all right um hang from the christmas tree the um the police realized the man's real identity after fingerprints were taken did he not consider that that part was gonna happen did he not oh god Uh, His fingerprints were taken. Officials requested charges um, for possessing methamphetamine with intent to distribute, smuggling drugs into jail, lying to a peace officer uh, during a felony, and littering. They hit the nigga on littering. Uh, That's why they mentioned the the pop cans and lottery tickets. Uh, The vehicle was towed back to the MSP uh, Cadillac Post, for further investigation. Jeepers, creepers, and chimney sweepers. My man has meth that'll open your peepers. All right. Let's see what the hell else is going on. I'm sure that folks are figuring out how to behave themselves. <clears throat> you know what? I was going to wait for Phoenix Kalita on this one, but I kind of want to get to it. I pulled this off of uh, the good folks down there at Right Wing Watch. All right, which they are a dot org, and they do they do some fine journalism down there. Um, this one is uh, another great one by Kyle Mantila. All right, on rightwingwatch.org. Fantastic folks over there. <clears throat> so 
there's a person that has arbitrarily declared himself to be an apostle. Apostle these. And this apostle says God is raising up a violent church because Democrats don't tolerate Christianity. That nigga Joe Biden debated Paul Ryan with the little um the little Catholic nigga hat on. You know them little Catholic nigga hats? They got the little it's a little scooter cap. It's a little it's a goofy little hat. Uh and he and he battled fucking Paul Ryan with that shit on. Like after he was the nigga behind the Hyde Amendment, but the, the battle was about abortion rights. Like get the fuck out of them niggas is hella religious, just like you. Right? Remember, remember in 2012 uh, when the Democrats had the decibel reader at the um, at the 2012 National Party convention, and the Republicans were belly aching on with the Breitbart and the Fox News, and uh, that nigga Glenn Beck was popping at the time, and they were woofing all that shit about the Democrats don't have Jesus in their platform. Why don't they have Jesus in their platform? For Christ, and the Democrats actually held a fucking voice vote with the audience. And the decibels actually did read low, so the real voice vote was actually nay on on arbitrarily adding the name Jesus to the platform to capitulate to disingenuous Republicans. All right, they went and did that shit anyway on the main stage in an election year, right? A re-election year. But, you know... As, as these right-wing Christians will keep fucking running their mouths on, the Democrats don't tolerate Christianity. <laughs> so, um, that radical right-wing pastor, uh, Greg Locke, and for those of you that I know there's definitely new heads tuning in, I'm seeing very different names tuning in. You may not have heard Greg Locke before, and, uh, Greg Locke, he is disturbing, and he also makes me laugh. Willy-nilly nonsense! And I have Greg Locke in the in the soundboard because of a rant he went on that actually made the um, the governor of Tennessee have to respond to him on the local news stations because he was just making claims that there were going to be quarantine camps. And then he was uh, talking about what the, what he thinks the Democrats are doing with their free time. These chicks are not doing TikTok dances. And then he was talking about how um, bills and whatnot regarding coronavirus are too long to read. It's like 22 paragraphs long. And he had some choice words for Nancy Pelosi. He was being very reasonable. I don't care what Nancy Pelosi and her insurrectionist nonsense has to say. All right. And he makes it very clear that he will take a giant shit on Godwin's law whenever the fuck he feels like it. I ain't talking about East Germany. I'm talking about Tennessee. All right, Greg Locke, okay? So Pastor Greg Locke out there in Tennessee um, was kicking it with this radio host that arbitrarily declared himself an apostle, and um, they got into a rough and ugly conversation. Uh, For those folks looking at the Facebook Live, um, I'm going to go ahead and do a screen share and show you the vidya. And for those of you listening to the podcast audio, of course, you are going to hear it. So let's go ahead and get that cranking up. Rightwingwatch.org, bringing us the funk. Here you are, and there you go. A lot of the guys I'm talking to, they see, they're openly saying now 
that the election was was illegitimate. Yep. What's your feelings? Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to my grave believing, and everybody else is starting to realize it. But the left wants to cover it up. You know, they say follow the science until the science shows them something they don't like. And the forensic science proved that the man won by a landslide. Trump won, and Biden's just as fraudulent today as he ever has been. And I tell people that, and people can't stand that. It's got us a lot of vitriolic pushback, but it's the facts. God's never in his word one time even remotely told me. These niggas always say they get a lot of vitriolic pushback. And what they mean by that is rightwingwatch.org takes their video clips verbatim repost them with zero edits and literally just puts up an article describing the background of the person making the assertion and quoting the assertions made but they call that vitriolic pushback all right everything that is done to the christian white man is vitriolic and pushbackable to submit to something that i know to be deception Never. So people are like, just accept it. No, I can't accept it. Mm -hmm. Because God doesn't want me to accept nonsense and lies. We know what happened, and it was nefarious. And yeah. so, and I don't believe God's done with this nation. I believe he's about to expose a lot of people in a lot of ways. I think it has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes beyond an election now. Yeah, <laughs> very much. People have to be you know, put in jail. All right. So now, like, they're always tinkering with that fucking street-based fascism, right? Where they're like, hey, something has to happen now. That's them telling their listeners, go out and fuck people up. Yeah, I really believe we're at that time where, where people have to be helped. But like they lean to people need to be arrested. Held to an account yes. now. Because to me, it really is a treasonous act. Yep. And I believe many of them will be held. Right? And then they're going with treason, right? And what what what's the uh, what's the punishment for treason? Ain't that death? And looking over at the archive chat space on the Facebook Live at the White on White Crime page, uh, Tally Loco uh, quoting, "You need Jesus in your platform." Has definitely got to be a new euphemism now. Oh, I get it. I you know what? I would like to say that to people I vehemently disagree with, nigga. You need Jesus in your platform. Fuck out of here. Accountable. And I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you on that, bro. Then we'll be held accountable. And they're saying he will be held accountable. Republicans just be openly talking about killing people. Because to me, it really is a treasonous act. Yep. And I believe many of them will be held accountable. And I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you on that, brother. I, I do believe the same Amen. thing. Everybody tells guys like us, well, just keep it in the pulpit. Just talk about Jesus. Don't preach about politics. But here's the problem. They don't understand. See, now, there, there again, like, they always make the... They, they make a straw man where there isn't even a man. Like, they're really making straw holograms, right? Like, peep what Greg Locke just spit right there. Same Everybody tells guys like us, well, just keep it in the pulpit. Just talk about you. Everybody just tells guys like us. Who? What? Everybody. Where is this everybody telling guys like us? Are people just constantly going down to Tennessee and finding you on a regular basis saying, hey, man, just stick to the pulpit? Jesus, don't preach about politics. But here's the problem. They don't understand that if we don't call out corrupt politics, we're not going to have a platform for in which to preach about. You see, but also, like, you violate your 501c3. So it's not really everybody. It's just the IRS telling you not to do that. Jesus Christ. They're going to take it away. We're giving it to them, you know? Mm -hmm. They're so willy-nilly about taking our rights. And so if we don't push back, then I think people are beginning to realize, wow, we are going to fall to tyranny. These yeah. preachers are the ones. Right? If people don't push back, who is he talking to? 
you're not going to fall to tyranny. These yeah. preachers are the ones that are on the front line. It was the black robe regiment of the American Revolution that would preach on Sunday and pull their clerical robes off and lead their men into war that saved the republic. Yeah. You know? Now the preachers are on the front line. You really think that when um when shit goes down, motherfuckers like Greg Locke are there in the midst of it putting in work. Alex Jones is in the midst of it putting in work. Was Rush Limbaugh ever in the midst of it putting in work? No, nigga. That's street-level niggas that, that are fans of y'all shit and are part of y'all ideology that do that shit. Heather Heyer was killed by some yokel bumblefuck. Right? Dylan Roof was some fuck stick. He, he wasn't no damn leader. Right? Who's that? Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, these are just, these are street-level kids putting in work for irresponsible OGs. You know, it was the, we have a 1776 because we had a George Whitfield in the 1740s that was thundering out the gospel of the 13 colonies Amen. and everything these men wrote was based off the power of the Holy Spirit in this man's life. So revival's baked in the very soil. And so what I'm finding is I, I'm getting to... Yeah, like, and I, I, I implore folks to look back into the 1940s and 50s and the rise of libertarian Christianity. Like, that's what this guy is representing here. It's taking Christianity to its uh, white supremacist roots and marrying it to the capitalist system we're currently in. Greg Locke is a, uh, a child of that, that trajectory and ideology. Preach at some of the largest political gatherings on the planet, and I get to talk about Jesus. And people are cool with it. And so God's using politics as a platform for his glory. And I don't think there's any way we can discount that. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, too, I, I believe we've crossed the line. There's no going back. None. we, we got to get in the fight now yep. because the, I, the Democratic Party just isn't going to tolerate Christianity yep. at all at this point. And it, it's, it's either, you know, sink or swim. Yeah. And I, and I believe it, it, the Lord is calling it a... Yeah, the Democrats don't tolerate Christianity, and the Lord is calling for what? The Lord is calling a violent church out. The Lord is calling a violent church out. All right, again, that's them telling their followers, go put in work for the hood. I tell you, right-wingers are fucking dangerous. It is 5.50 in the p.m., <laughs> yeah, Tally Local said, putting uh, Jesus on your platform, putting that in my dating profile. Ah, I'm on board with that. All right, where, where, where the heck darn am I with it? As we try to get Phoenix Kalita up in the joint, let's go ahead and run it on over to Sea uh, Level Rise Explainer and Jim Hightower. All right, let's go ahead and get ourselves a pop of populism. I know you're into that. I'm into that. So let's do that. Around the globe, sea levels are rising. Greenhouse gas emissions cause our planet to warm. And Earth's oceans absorb about 90% of the excess heat. As ice melts at the poles and high in the mountains, and the molecules of ocean water expand, the seas are making their way onto land. Since 1880, sea levels have risen about eight to nine inches, but the seas don't rise uniformly. Some places are at higher risk for flooding and sea levels are rising faster as time passes. Right now, sea level is rising about 3.3 millimeters per year, 30% faster than in 1992. Here at NASA, we're using satellites like the new Sentinel-6 Michael Freilich, along with ships and airplanes to study the processes driving sea level rise and the effects of rising waters. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do not mess around with goddamn sea level fucking rise. And I'll run it on over here to uh, my main man, Jim Hightower. Uh, you tend to get labor rights touching over there. Down ah. in and no, not touching down in and around. But yeah, that Storm Ida, we did see uh, Chelsea Springler from the folks over there at Talk Fury did mark themselves safe from the uh, from the Hurricane Ida there. Doobidoop. And let's pop that on open there. Here we are. Yeah? As a writer, I get stuck every so often straining for the right words to tell my story. Over the years, though, I've learned when to quit tying myself into mental knots over sentence construction, instead stepping back and rethinking where my story is going. This process is essentially what millions of American working families are going through this year, as record numbers of them are shocking bosses, politicians, and economists by stepping back and declaring, We quit. Most of the quits are tied to very real abuses that have become ingrained in our workplaces over the past couple of decades. Poverty paychecks, no health care, unpredictable schedules, no child care, understaffing, forced overtime, unsafe jobs, sexist and racist managers, tolerance of aggressively rude customers, and so awful much more. Specific grievances abound, but at the core of each is a deep, inherently destructive, executive suite malignancy, disrespect. The corporate system has cheapened employees from valuable human assets worthy of being nurtured and advanced to a bookkeeping expense that must be steadily eliminated. It's not just about paychecks. It's about feeling valued, feeling that the hierarchy gives a damn about the people doing the work. Yet, corporate America is going out of its way to show that it doesn't care. And, of course, workers notice. So unionization is booming. Millions who were laid off by the pandemic are refusing to rush back to the same old grind. And now millions who have jobs are quitting. This is much more than an unusual unemployment stat. It's a sea change in people's attitude about work itself and life. This is Jim Hightower saying people are rethinking where their story is going and how they can take it in a better direction. Yes, nearly everyone will eventually return to work, but workers themselves have begun redefining the job and rebalancing it with life. The Hightower Radio Lowdown is made possible by you lowdowners who subscribe to our monthly newsletter, The Hightower Lowdown. You know who you are. Thank you. With diet misogyny, I only slut shame women that have consensual sex before sundown. With diet misogyny, I can mask my fat shaming as health concern. With diet misogyny, I only hate black women. Man, that's racism. Thanks to diet misogyny, I'm no longer anti-abortion, I'm just pro-restrictions. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. 
So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's wine cellar. Diet misogyny tastes just like regular misogyny. Police take down a woman who just told officers she was the victim of a crime. 19 investigates discovered this video from 2017 after digging into the officer's past. We told you when he was charged with felony rape in unrelated cases earlier this year. Investigator Hannah Catlett uncovers what happened years ago that got the officer into trouble long before his criminal case. The officer's accusers tell us he was not on the job when he sexually assaulted them. However, upon receiving his personnel file after he was charged in those cases, we discovered he was disciplined by CPD years ago for something he did do on the job. We're here now. We're, we're trying to locate you. What's going on? Police catch up to a woman they say dispatch told them was running from a man with a gun you see my face? on I-71 South. You see it? Yeah. What happened? I was assaulted. This is body camera footage from 2017. The woman is only in a bra and pants, and police say she appeared to be highly intoxicated. I see it. You see my face? Yes. She tells officer Matthew Piter and his partner that she's taking them to show them the spot where she was assaulted. We're trying to help you. Who, who is the one I'm about to do? But they become irritated when she doesn't listen to commands to stop walking. And I'm making sure that you quit walking away from him. No, I'm not walking away from him. I'm showing you him. are walking away from him. Next comes the sudden struggle to take her down. Ma'am, we're trying to help you. She resists. Stop it! Now! And right here, you can see one of the officers put his knee near her neck to hold her still. Let me go. While unrelated to the felony rape charges he faces, we thought you should see for yourself what happened here four years ago because it's what led to the blemish on Piter's personnel file that we told you about earlier this year. Stand up! The woman told officers she was afraid because she'd been threatened by the man who assaulted her. After an internal investigation, Piter and his partner faced discipline from the department because they booked this woman into jail this night. Get your feet in there. Supervisors writing here in this letter that Piter had no probable cause to arrest her, failed to de-escalate the arrest, and was not professional during it. You haven't been treated dirty. From what we can tell, according to court records, that woman was let go and never faced any charges in this case. Hannah Catlett, 19 News. As far as the rape charges, Piter continues to deny all of the allegations against him. He'll appear in court again next month, and his trial in those cases is set for the beginning of December. We have more breaking news at 6. A family getting justice in the murder of their 12-year-old. A jury convicted Marvin Harris of killing Abdel Bashidi back in 2017. The boy was visiting his father's store in the Buckeye neighborhood, uh, neighborhood when he was shot and killed. Harris will be sentenced at a later date. She back to it, winecellarmedia.com. Uh, definitely, uh, again, noticing new faces, uh, new names uh, tuned in to the live feed there. And uh, 
I'm definitely going to try to cater to you uh, being new names, new faces and whatnot while keeping it cranking for the folks that have already been tuned in for the past nine years, five years, however, whenever they came along in the wine cellar trajectory. Uh, so you notice uh, we do cover uh, police brutality here. We cover goofy white-on-white crime shit here. Uh, we are lefties. We cover climate change and whatnot quite a bit. Sea level rise is a bit my thing. I'm heavy on it uh, year after year, obsessing over sea level rise. When it came to the Trump administration, I was looking at things more like the street level. Those stories I found interesting, like the, um, the sort of gangbang mentality that kind of took over Republicans at the street level. You know, like politics as usual, tort reform as usual, you know, at the legislative level, right? Cor- you know, corporate handouts, tax cuts and whatnot, the usual shit. But at the street level, shit became very gangbang-like. And I, I found that very interesting and important to cover during the Trump administration times. <clears throat> uh, we are pro-sex workers' rights, if you're just tuning in. Uh, we, we're not into transphobic shit. We don't do that. And uh, something I uh, cover every couple of months, because there isn't a lot of news on it, but I like to put the information out there, that there are uh, queer youth shelters off, out there that focus specifically on like queer and ch- trans youth, at-risk youth. Uh, between like the early teen years all the way up to the age of 25, uh, helping kids with job training and whatnot, um, uh, you know, uh, mutual aid services, uh, housing services, uh, dope organizations out there that we found in um, in Pennsylvania. Uh, most recently, a new one put up in Sacramento, California a few years ago. Uh, dope shit like that. Uh, We've done some film reviews, lots of podcasting. After over a thousand episodes of podcasting, I can really just say we do a gang of shit. And we all do it, uh, we do it all as ethically as we think we can as a couple of lefties. And uh, Phoenix Kaliter, I'm thinking, should be coming up here pretty darn soon. (laughs) All right. All right. um, So let's take a look on over here. Uh, pop culture stuff, all right? So there's um, a whack rapper that goes by the name uh, Da Baby. And um, and I really do think Cuz is whack. Like, before, like, all his fucking homophobic antics and that wacky shit that he was pulling on stage and whatnot, he was already a whack MC to me, all right? Yes, I'm one of those old heads that's stuck in the 90s. Yes, where the dope shit is. Indeed, I am. Maybe even the first few years going into the 2000s, dope shit. Really, dope shit still comes out, but, like, at the mainstream level, it's not hot anymore. The MCs are not spitting. So I'm not just saying he's whack because he does the homophobic shit. He'd be whack if he literally just quoted the podcast in rhyme. I'd still say that is the worst verse about climate change I've ever fucking heard. He's a garbage MC. All right. And the headline that they have over here at uh, Denver Channel uh, 7, uh, ABC, ABC pilot, the uh, baby meets with HIV and gay activists following hateful remarks. And so um, this was posted uh, August 31st, a few days ago. Right now it's September 2nd, 2021. And um, the bit of the backstory on that shit is um, the nigga was up on stage wolfing about some um, 
oh, if you don't be getting AIDS and if you're not um, fellating penises in the parking lot and whatnot, uh, put your hands up or, you know, put your cell phone up. You know what they, what they say. And uh, it's like, nigga, that's obviously some wild, rowdy, like, homophobic shit. You, and, and, nigga, you suck. Why, why are you behaving like this? You know, and he comes out running his fucking mouth, um, then putting out fake apologies after he's losing um, tour deals, endorsement deals. Um, uh, some nigga out there named Dua Lipa is one of those, uh, one of them English muffin niggas, you know, the, the, them tea and crumpets niggas. The Dua Lipa, uh, she put down her tea and crumpets for a second and said, well, I'm not gonna fuck with that bloody bloke anymore and actually had him removed from the song like entirely, like legally, like the published version of the song no longer has him on it. You know. Oh, let me see. Oh, Sam Sam said, you and Phoenix, um, you need Phoenix in your platform. Yes. Yes. I like having a co-host to bounce off of. And also, she's my only friend in proximity. Like, I don't know anybody else I'd like to hang out with. All right, so article up by uh, from the folks at Scripps National. So uh, Mr. DaBaby uh, met with uh, black leaders from nine HIV organizations. Uh, the following, uh, the meeting follows uh, insulting comments the rapper made during a performance in Miami. In a joint statement, leaders from the groups that included uh, GLAAD, uh, that, that's G-L-A-A-D. Uh, they're the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. I don't know how long they've been active, but I know that like um, going into the year 2000, their name popped real hard because of the uh, the Eminem Marshall Mathers LP. All right, so, uh, and a lot of his lyrics on there, particularly in the song he did called Criminal at the end of the album. I remember that shit from when I was 16. All right, so the leaders from the groups included uh, GLAAD and uh, Black AIDS Institute. And uh, they said they had a discussion with uh, Jonathan DaBaby Kirk and shared personal stories about people who live with HIV. And like I myself, the show host you're listening to right now, um, yeah, I grew up in that shit. Like, it was some cold shit. Like, um, watching, like, my biological mother and all her friends just fucking die. Like, everybody just back to back to boom to boom to boom. Like, it was essentially, like, as soon as, like, 1990 hit, like, everybody that, like, I knew was a small child in the 80s, like, the year that I turned seven, everybody started fucking dying up to, um, the last person in, that, that I knew of in 1996. Bam. And, uh, and that was it. Like, everybody that I knew was a small child in the 80s was dead. Watched them all die. Shit was wild watching um, AIDS back then. I remember, um, like, part part of why uh, my biological sister and I never got, like, adopted into a real deal family situation in the foster care system was because they fucking nicknamed us the AIDS kids in there. And they, like, had that shit, like, in our files. You know what I'm saying? So when people are like, oh, we're looking for some little Negro children to adopt. And the AIDS kids, fuck no. You know, so shit just never cranked off properly for us behind shit like that. And like, and I take the word ignorant serious, all right? Tangent, tangent, tangent. Um, the word ignorant, I use that by definition because you do hear people say real ignorant shit. Like, um, 
a couple of my favorite rappers, the Conscious Daughters, out of the Bay Area. You know, I suggest you check out their shit. Um, they're a couple of cis black women. They're dope. They're funky with their shit. I met one of them in Florida in my early 20s. And they said some ignorant shit, like, about, like, just assuming that AIDS was created by having sex, like, with a person of the same sex, same gender, gay sex, as it were. Like, they just assumed that. And they said that shit straight up on their album, recorded it, put it on wax, and shipped it to the store. And I remember, like, having knowledge of AIDS because I had to because I was watching my mother and everyone die. It was annoying as shit, like, um, just being a young black person and a young hip-hop head and just hearing other black people say this ignorant, conspiratorial, presumptive, unfounded shit. It's very bothersome. All right, so this article continues, all right, off of uh, Denver Channel. So in a joint statement, leaders from the groups that included GLAAD and the Black AIDS Institute said they had a discussion with them. And uh, a quote from uh, uh, left from this is, uh, during our meeting, DaBaby was genuinely engaged, apologized for the inaccurate and hurtful comments he made about people living with HIV and received our personal stories and the truth about HIV and its impact on the black and LGBTQ communities with deep respect. End quote from the statement. The meeting followed an open letter from the groups to the rapper. Uh, The leaders said they wanted to, quote, call him in rather than, quote, call him out. Uh, The statement also said, quoting, DaBaby acknowledged that the HIV facts he presented, many of which he himself was unaware of, are what every American needs to know. HIV is preventable, and when treated properly, cannot be passed on. All right. Things that, hey, I had to know. Like, I remember being in um in elementary school at Camas Prairie Elementary in grade five when I was uh, 10 years old. And part of the sex ed class was like a whole AIDS uh, segment. And you know what? Like, as a child, like, I remember nodding approvingly, like almost on some smug shit. Like, oh, you guys are doing a good job. You really got your facts straight here. Very good illustration. Good job, adults. Just now finding about this last month. (laughs) God damn, niggas. All right, uh, skibby flip bop, skibby doo. And we might get too far along and have to end the program without Phoenix Collider. But let's get to um, New York City subway flooding and just a little bit of what they had to say about that. Um, This is actually the words of uh, Rebecca Hersher, a name we've mentioned before on Wine Cellar Media. Uh, Rebecca Hersher writes about the climate. All right, and she tells us that uh, global warming is uh, driving dangerous and disruptive flooding in underground rail systems around the world. Uh, Flooded tunnels and stations have disrupted service and stranded passengers in Boston, London, San Francisco, uh, Tapai, Bangkok, Washington, D.C., and a host of other cities in recent years. But the problem has taken added urgency this summer with multiple high-profile subway floods driven by summer rainstorms. Overnight, the remnants of Hurricane Ider flooded much of New York City subways. Mayor, de Blasio, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio issued a travel ban and warned residents to, quote, stay off subways, end quote, 
as up to 10 inches of Martha fracking rain fell in some parts of the region in a matter of Martha macking hours. All right. Now, it's the third time that New York subways have flooded in one fucking summer, and the first time the National Weather Service issued a flash flood emergency warning for the city. Heavy rain has also repeatedly swamped underground tracks in fucking Boston. All right, now remember, um, it was uh, Nicole Sandler was the only person out there I heard covering it. Uh, Nicole Sandler, a radio or not.com covering that there was flooding in folks' lawns in Southern Florida in 2015. And, um, and when the nerds and their nerdy, nerdy science equipment uh, took some of that flooding water from folks' front lawns and they took it to their little nerdy science lab where they did nerdy stuff with it, they found it to be salt water. The sea level was coming up in their front lawns in Central Florida in 2015. All right, and then we had that uh, that condo collapse in more recent months. And um, yes, infrastructure crap. Capitalism, always crap. Also, sea level rise playing a part with the salt coming into the shitty infrastructure and eroding away at it. Mm, not very cool, right? Like this shit is dead serious. Like I know if you're a lefty head, you already know this. If you're just now tuning in, I see a lot of new names. Um, that nigga Trumple Stiltskin, uh, Donald John Trump, you may have heard of him. He's a loudmouth, uh, jack-knuckled fuckstick from Queens, New York. Uh, he got to be president for a while uh, because Hillary Clinton was bad enough that she is now the only presidential candidate to lose to Donald fucking Trump. Uh, he has his golf courses in Ireland protected, paid extra money to have them protected by sea level rise. He knows. So while he was up there woofing all that old, it's a Chinese hoax, he was woofing some bullshit. As per casual, as per expected, as damn usual. Ooh, checking the archive chat space. All right, okay, nothing cranking off in the archive chat space right now, but I see folks tuned in, and thank you for tuning in to Wine Cellar Media Conversation Radio. I think, uh, hell, if folks are tuning in like this, next time I'll just open up the damn phone line. All right, a little bit more from this article. Um, elsewhere, subway floods have turned deadly. In July uh, 13th, in July, 13 passengers died in Zhengzhou, China. Bam, pronounced it perfectly. I super didn't. Um, and this was after flash floods trapped them. Uh, harrowing videos show people struggling to breathe in a shrinking in a shrinking pocket of air as the water rose. Uh, and we have a quote from uh, from an engineer at the University of Exeter. This engineer says, "Quote: None of us had seen people with water up to their necks standing in underground trains." End quote. In China and around the world, the culprit is climate-driven torrential rain. All right, so out there in China, they received about a year's worth of precipitation in just one day. About a year's worth of precipitation in just one day. About a year's worth of precipitation in just one day. Earlier this summer, the remnants of a tropical storm dumped a month's worth of rain on New York City in the span of an afternoon. 
dozens of subway systems around the world have experienced flooding. All right. And this uh, this nerdy, nerdy engineer, um, Dijorkvik, this name, I shit you not, it must be one of them Eastern European nigga names. Them Eastern European, this is how it's spelled. D-J-O-R-D, all right? J-E-V-I-C. That's a prank. That's not a name. That's an abstract Pokemon card. Um, so this Dijorkvik, uh, he says he estimates it's likely hundreds of thousands of passengers have been directly affected. All right. Now, moving forward, um, uh, many Asian cities are ahead of the curve. <laughs> they sure are. Uh, many U.S. cities are a decade or more into adapting their subway systems to a wetter climate. In Boston, excuse me, the Transit Authority has stated waterproofing, has started waterproofing stations and protecting tracks that are vulnerable to sea level rise. After Hurricane Sandy flooded miles of subway tunnels, New York City, they went and pulled millions of dollars into flood control for the nation's largest underground rail system. And in Washington, the uh, Transit Authority has spent millions of dollars waterproofing leaky tunnels and plans to spend even more to keep water out of vents and station entrances. All right. It is getting oogly out there. U-G-L-Y. It ain't got no alibi. It's ugly. And we are moving into 6.17 p.m., Phoenix Collider may not be making it to this one, folks. We will catch her around on what some of you might call the flip side. Uh, you want to help us keep this program up and or running? We have uh, the tip jars always open at paypal.me slash phoenixandwilliam. We have a Patreon. It's pretty neat. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Fund. Uh, we have levels set up, but hey... If, if you're a gazillionaire and you just happen to like this program, sign up for a quarter zillion. I'm up for it. I'm going to mutual aid most of it. <laughs> All right. That's uh, patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. And my peripheral vision caught something at the, um, caught, caught some, oh, there we go. Uh, oop. And I'm seeing real quick, uh, Tally Loco and, uh, Daniel, all right, Daniel and Tally Loco, you both just said something. I'll, I will uh, uh, get to that right before ending. Tally Loco said, um, "Y'all often say you can't remember stuff if you're if um, if you're repeating stuff because, understandably, y'all have done so many shows. But on the side of us viewers, it's always uh, very impressive that y'all be like, ooh, I know why this is current uh, issue of the Lefty McLefterson feels familiar.'" Remember in April 1993 when in Section 8.3 of the open letter published to now Senator Murphy from small town Omaha, she first proposed to put C-17 on the city council ballot? That's how we uh, got to this particular part of the political shit show. Now with the oceans on fire, I knew it was good to keep an eye on her. It is like that. You have to remember this stuff. And that's why no one likes lefties. We remember everything. We're the fucking, we're the Krampus. We are so Krampus. 
Uh, Daniel said, anyone to know how often this show is on? First time listener and don't know how I ended up here, but want to make sure to tune in later. Uh, Daniel, you can um, go to your favorite podcast application on your handheld smart device, uh, tablet, smartphone, however you're rocking out, and um, go in there and search Wine Cellar Media. All right, and uh, you'll see um, the Wine Cellar Media logo there, and just hit subscribe, and that RSS feed, all the podcasts, it all, all the shit goes through there. All right, and of course, the patreon.com slash Wine Cellar Media Fund. Anything that's a regular podcast is posted for free there, and then anything that's paywalled is just paywalled, and obviously it's just there. All right, and um, as far as often, we typically hit a uh, a minimum of three episodes a week and i would like to increase that and i think that within the year of me being a michigan resident i uh will be doing that there will be an increase all right so thanks for tuning in daniel and of course tally tuning in for i think at least seven years about seven years maybe all right folks i am going to flex out because um I noticed that my niece likes to play on the floor with the cats, and that makes me say, I want to mop the floor more often, so I'm going to go do that. (laughs) Peace. Oh, no. Every time I say peace, I'm like, oh, no, no, I got to find the stop button. Stop. Stop live stream. There we go. And stop internal recording. Wait, where the hell is internal? Wait, I, I would like to stop it. Oh, no, I did not. Okay, good, good, good.